are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for February 4th, 2023 Saturday reading of the Arapahoe County News. My name is Pablo. Today we will be reading the following main articles. Charter Flight Aurora Charter Schools Expanding into Montessori Specialty Schools and into the Budget of School Districts by Karina Julig. Aurora Council approves some staff-vetted nonprofit grants raising budget concerns over others by Max Levy. Teen gets 10 years for house fire that killed five from Senegal in airport neighborhood by Colleen Slevin in New Strategic Plan. Colorado wants residents to find the value in higher education by Jason Gonzalez. And following up with miscellaneous articles. Charter Flight Aurora Charter Schools Expanding into Montessori Specialty Schools and into the Budget of School Districts by Karina Julig Sentinel Staff Writer February 2, 2023 at a packed Aurora Public Schools board meeting last May, most people who signed up for public comment were there to urge the board, ultimately unsuccessfully, not to close Paris and Sable Elementary Schools as part of the district's long-range facilities plan. But there was another group of parents there urging the district to vote to open a series of new schools. Wildflower Montessori Public Schools of Colorado sought a charter to open a series of six, quote, micro-schools, unquote, in the city, some in the same area where the city is struggling with declining enrollment in its public elementaries. At the meeting, prospective parents and teachers spoke about how valuable a public Montessori option type of pedagogy that is typically only available in private schools that can set families back thousands of dollars each year would be for Aurora. Quote, this type of education is typically only available in a private school setting and unobtainable for a family like mine, unquote, said Chris Herter, the father of three young children. The board ultimately voted 5-2 to two to send Wildflower directly to the Charter School Institute of Colorado for consideration instead of approving or denying the charter itself. In November, the Charter School Institute approved Wildflower, which plans to open its first schools in Aurora this August. Two charter schools make the cut. At its most recent meeting, the APS board also voted to renew the charters of two of its existing charter schools, including Empower Community High School, dismissing the administration's recommendation that it would not be viable if its charter was renewed, which the district administration recommended for non-approval due to its struggles over the past several years. The board members appeared conflicted during the meeting which started with about two hours of public comment, almost all of it from Empower and Denver School of Science and Technology, DSST, community members asking the board to extend their charters. The board's decisions reflect the conflicting pressures that APS and schools across the country face as K-12 schools in large urban areas begin to wrestle with the fallout from declining enrollment. 
those pressures are particularly intense in Colorado, where public education receives some of the lowest state funding in the country. Districts want to preserve their own public schools, and many view charter schools as siphoning off students that could otherwise be in the district. Quote, Every time the district approves a charter, they are contributing to declining enrollment, unquote, Sable Elementary teacher Leslie Burton said at a May 14th rally. At the same time, charters are also a lure to keep some students and families who might otherwise turn to private schools rather than the public school system. They also offer some alternative education options that students aren't able to get at their neighborhood school, options that some students badly need. At January's board meeting, some Empower students said they might have dropped out of school altogether if it wasn't for Empower's touted empowering approach. Quote, I feel that my voice is not only heard, it's wanted. In other schools, it was not wanted. Unquote said Empower student Malachi Jones at the meeting. Danielle Ruiz has been going to Empower for a year after coming to the Aurora area. He initially started going to Rangeview, but he said it didn't feel like the right fit for him. Quote, It feels like a school where you can come in and you want to be there. It feels almost like a second home. Unquote, he said. Quote, the minute I am not at Empower, I feel like I will be at a greater disadvantage, unquote, said student Ronald Jenkins. District staff had recommended that the board vote to extend the charter of Aurora Science and Tech Middle School, part of the DSST Public Schools Network, which the board ultimately granted. The 6th through 8th grade school is located on the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus and has a focus on STEM education. It also plans to break ground on a school for grades 6 through 12 in East Aurora serving the Green Valley Ranch East and Aurora Highlands neighborhoods, part of the city that is currently growing. The school will have to enter into a funding agreement for the new campus with APS, talks which the renewal of the charter has opened the door to take place. In Empower's case, district staff said they did not believe that the school would be successful if its charter was extended past this school year. But after lobbying from community members, the board ultimately voted to renew its charter for two more years, giving Empower a second shot at success, which its supporters insisted that they could achieve. The high school, tailored toward black and Hispanic students, opened shortly before the pandemic which its supporters said at the meeting meant that it never got a fair shake during its initial years of approval. Quote, Empower is only beginning to stretch its legs, unquote, said board director Susana Cabrera. Jenny Hernandez, who works at the school, said that Empower hasn't yet had a chance to live up to its full potential. Concerns that the district listed included enrollment that was less than half of what its original charter application called for, as well as academic and budget concerns. The school leadership also experienced significant turnover during the past two years, which the current leadership said is now behind it. 
quote, support is there among the Empower community, but based on standards we are required to look at, I believe that Empower Community High School is unlikely to be successful if granted an additional charter, unquote. Interim Superintendent Mark Siglum said at the meeting, when voting, Board members said that despite their concerns, they also acknowledged the need for the district to give students options. Quote, I'm not a big charter fan in general because of how it takes money from our general fund, but we also need partnerships. Unquote, said APS Board President Debbie Gergen. Board member Nichelle Ortiz said that the disparities in graduation rates across Colorado had been on her mind before the vote. Quote, it's evident that families want choice for their students, unquote, she said. Quote, those are two schools that are doing that thing differently, but meeting the needs of students. And if they don't get it here, they're going to find it in another district, unquote. The board voted 6-1 to one to extend the charter, with Gergen the only no vote. Before the vote, Board member Ann Keek pledged to visit the school and said that her vote would be focused on the best interests of the students. Quote, I would need the adults, for lack of a better word, to step up, unquote, she said. Quote, we have high expectations for you and all of our schools. There won't be an exception for you, unquote. Wildflower wants a chance. A desire for choice is also what prompted Wildflower Montessori Public Schools of Colorado to seek a charter for the Aurora area. Hannah Edward Cracker, an operations guide for Wildflower, said that it decided to try to set up a Montessori program in Aurora due to feedback it heard from local parents. The district raised concerns last spring about Wildflower's ability to demonstrate enough need in the area and its ability to fund itself sustainably. Howard Cracker said she is confident in Wildflower's model. Quote, it's challenging and complex to get a charter approved in a local school district in Colorado right now, unquote, she said. Quote, we believe really firmly in the viability of our model and feel like CSI's approval speaks to that as well, unquote. Wildflower ultimately plans to open six schools in Aurora, three in East Aurora and three in Northwest Aurora. The network will have two early childhood education through kindergarten schools, two first through third grade schools, and two first through sixth grade schools. The first school will open in August with pre-kindergarten through second grade, Edward Cracker said. She acknowledged that Northwest Aurora is an area with declining enrollment overall, but she said, quote, I think the demand that we've heard is for this particular choice, unquote. Quote, we're not talking about opening up a 500-child school, unquote, she said. The, quote, micro school, unquote, Model means that each school will have one to two classrooms of about 30 students each. Each school will be run by two, quote, teacher leaders, unquote, who will receive support from network-wide staff. The teacher leaders will have board authority over how their schools are run, including managing much of their own budget, and will also solicit feedback from families on how they want their students to learn. Montessori educator Martha Briggs will be one of Wildflower's teacher leaders. 
After initially working as a paraeducator at a public school district in Texas, Briggs first became drawn to Montessori when her own students attended a Montessori school. One of her children has ADHD, and she said that Montessori school's learning approach helped him to thrive. Quote, As I was going through that process with him, I realized I wanted to offer the same to other children in similar situations. Unquote, she said, Quote, I found that Montessori was the way to do that. Unquote. Briggs was also drawn to teaching following her own negative experiences in school. A native of Mexico, she moved to the United States in 7th grade without knowing English and was bullied by other students. She wants to create a different experience for students in Aurora's immigrant-heavy population. Quote, it was painful to go to school and to know that I was going to be made fun of the next day, unquote, she said. Quote, I don't want other kids to go through something like that. I want them to come to a safe space where we can make them feel that they are welcome. Unquote. Megan Masher was also drawn to Montessori through her own personal experiences. Masher, who moved to the Aurora area from New York last year with her husband and two young children, was a Montessori student as a child. She recalls being bored when she eventually went to a public school. Quote, I remember being the most engaged and feeling the most free to follow my own interests in Montessori, which is why I would like my children to have the same experience, unquote, she said. However, her own family isn't in, quote, the same financial boat, unquote. Her parents were growing up and she can't afford to send their kids to a private school. She was excited when she learned about Wildflower and plans to enroll her daughter this fall. Montessori has a reputation as being, quote, open to families who have a lot of money, and that's about it, unquote, Masher said. A charter that is not tuition-based is, quote, a really neat opportunity, unquote. Van Scholes, a senior policy director focused on education at the Keystone Policy Institute, said that the way public education is set up in Colorado can be challenging for public schools. Parents have broad latitude to pick where they want to send their children, which isn't the case in many other states. Quote, Part of the challenge for school districts is there is some kind of environment where there is a marketplace, unquote, he said. Quote, and some districts embrace that and others ignore it. When districts ignore what parents are interested in, they will often go somewhere else. Unquote. That can make it difficult for districts to reject a charter. The State Board of Education, which has the power to override a board's no vote and require districts to accept charters, is another factor. Quote, There's a dynamic in a lot of places where a school district's ability to plan for school openings, plan for enrollment, is undermined by the state board or the charter school institute and upsets the apple cart in terms of the district's ability to plan around enrollment decline, unquote, said Kevin Wagner, a professor in the University of Colorado Boulder School of Education. Charter schools can be beneficial to districts in places where enrollment is increasing, but in places where enrollment is declining, it can lead to, quote, some really difficult decisions, unquote, he said, quote, 
If I'm a parent looking for a Montessori school to open, I'm pretty thrilled, unquote, he said of Wildflower. Quote, but the state's interests have to be broader than if one particular parent or group of parents are happy, particularly due to how underfunded school districts are in Colorado, unquote. Aurora Council approves some staff-vetted nonprofit grants raising budget concerns over others by Max Levy, Sentinel Staff Writer, January 31, 2023. Aurora. After months of debate over how the city vetted applicants for a grant program, Aurora's City Council on Monday approved 14 nonprofits to receive funding while rejecting or postponing votes on several others. Council members voted to fund the $2.5 million program through the Federal American Rescue Plan Act last January. Proposals included a variety of assistance for small businesses, older adults, health care programs, Aurora students, and others. Conservatives Curtis Gardner and Francois Bergen in November convinced their colleagues to postpone a scheduled vote on the list of grant applicants, which Deputy City Manager Roberto Venegas had said were vetted by a third-party auditor as well as city staffers from multiple departments. On Monday, the two said they were still uncomfortable with the lack of detail offered in the program budgets turned over by city staffers. For the most part, they declined to describe their concerns with the individual proposals removed from a consent vote mostly by Bergen. Bergen also said she was worried about how much of the grant funds were being spent on staffing costs and salaries. Quote, I take it very seriously, my obligation to the public, making sure their taxpayer monies are being used responsibly. Unquote, she said. Quote, I'm not saying that these that I polled are not necessarily good organizations. I just found them troubling in terms of the information I found, unquote. While Councilmember Allison Coombs pointed out that it would make sense for organizations that focus on education to be investing a large amount of funds in teachers and other skilled staff, Bergen said she considered that when singling out the proposals arguing that it was unfair for the city to be introducing what seemed like new criteria after the grant program had closed, Councilmember Crystal Murillo said she was not comfortable rejecting the groups that Bergen had singled out. Quote, I think it's a pretty common thing to write into grants the cost of your staff, unquote, Murillo said. Quote, there's a reason why we have a standardized criteria and we follow processes and for that to change really makes me uncomfortable, unquote. In total, 13 organizations were approved to receive the recommended grant amounts, including Tigray Ethiopian Community Association in Colorado, $250,000 to support Tigrayans fleeing violence in Ethiopia by constructing a community center that would include retail storefronts, classrooms, a gym, and a community space. Dawn. $227,567 to purchase medical equipment and hire consultants that will help the organization develop standard operating procedures. Mikasa Resource Center $152,905 to support small business owners through services such as business consulting and legal support. A Little Help 
$85,000 to support the organization's outreach work to older adults. African Chamber of Commerce Colorado USA, $75,000 to support the Chamber's Technical Assistance Program for Small Businesses. Rocky Mountain Youth Medical and Nursing Consultants, $75,000 to fight clinician burnout by having professional medical scribes handle some administrative tasks. Boys Hope, Girls Hope of Colorado, $50,000 to support the organization's program at Aurora Central High School to support students in poverty and prepare them for college. Colorado Alliance for Health Equity and Practice, $50,000 to offer mobile physical and mental health care with the help of a specially equipped van. Community Enterprise Development Services, $50,000 to renovate the organization's office building and make it more feasible for them to help clients and conduct training. Aurora Community Connection, $40,000 to provide dance and martial arts classes for Aurora youth. Brothers Redevelopment Inc., $30,000 to purchase at least one vehicle to help provide home renovations and painting services for elderly homeowners in Aurora. Aurora Public Schools Foundation, $25,000 to provide free school supplies to Aurora Public Schools educators. Downtown Aurora Visual Arts, $25,000 to support HVAC repairs and boiler work in the organization's community art center. Although Bergen said she was concerned about the East Colfax Community Collective being based in Denver and running initiatives that she described as, quote, political, unquote, Bergen offered the group $150,000 rather than the $313,598 approved by staff rather than reject the grant proposal completely after several members of the public spoke in favor of the group. The compromise was accepted by the rest of the council. Other applicants, the Rocky Mountain Welcome Center, RISE Colorado, and UBU Early Learning were rejected by the council, with progressives voting in favor and conservatives opposed. Grants for New American College and Mosaic Unlimited Inc. failed on a tie vote with Gardner joining the progressives in support. A motion to vote on the proposed grant for Caring Voices was not seconded and grants for Aurora Interchurch Task Force Inc. and issues of Life Church Ministries Aurora were not moved at all, meaning they were not voted on. Finally, the council voted 9-1 to to postpone a vote on a $250,000 grant for the Metro Community Provider Network as Coombs said she wanted to know whether the organization plans on closing clinics in the near future. Teen gets 10 years for house fire that killed five from Senegal in airport neighborhood. By Colleen Slevin, Associated Press, February 2, 2023. Denver. A Denver teenager who was one of three friends who authorities say ignited a house fire that killed five Senegalese immigrants was sentenced Wednesday to 10 years behind bars in court where a man who lost his wife and baby daughter called the boy a, quote, monster, unquote. Amadou Bey said he thinks about killing himself every day and needs medication to sleep. His wife, Hassan Diol, had immigrated to the United States before him and he hadn't yet met their infant daughter, Hawa. Quote, 
my life doesn't make sense anymore, unquote, May told Judge Martin Egelhoff during a sentencing hearing for Dylan Siebert, who was 14 at the time of the August 5, 2020 fire and is now 17. At the hearing, May wore a sweatshirt with a photo of his wife and baby together with the words, quote, why my wife, why my daughter, unquote. The investigation of the fire dragged on for months without any leads amid fears that the fire had been a hate crime, prompting many Senegalese immigrants to install security cameras at their homes in case they could also be targeted. But authorities ended up alleging a separate disturbing motive. Three teens had set fire to the house out of revenge for a stolen iPhone, which one of them mistakenly traced to the home in a neighborhood near Denver's airport. Siebert, originally charged as a juvenile, pleaded guilty to second-degree murder in adult court in December under a deal that prosecutors and the defense said balanced his lesser role in planning the fire, his remorse and interest in rehabilitation with the horror of the crime. In juvenile court on Wednesday, Siebert was sentenced to serve three years in juvenile detention under the terms of the deal. In a separate hearing in adult court, where Bay and other relatives and members of the Senegalese community spoke against the agreement, Siebert was sentenced to serve seven years in a state prison program for young inmates. If he violates the terms of that sentence, he would then be required to serve 26 years in prison, prosecutors said. The cases against the other two teens, including the alleged ringleader Kevin Bowie and Gavin Seymour, who were 16 at the time of the fire, are still pending in adult court where they are charged with first-degree murder, attempted murder, arson, and burglary. Also killed in the fire were Hassan Diol's brother, Jibril, his wife, Aja Diol, and their 22-month-old daughter, Khadija. Their bodies were found on the first floor of the home near the front door. Their deaths prompted expressions of sympathy from Senegal's president, Maggie Saul. Others speaking at the sentencing hearing talked about the huge hole left by the loss of Jibril Diol an engineer who was working on a large rebuilding of Interstate 70 in the city and dreamed about returning to Senegal to build roads there. He helped fellow immigrants and was a devout Muslim, waking early for morning prayers, they said. Jibril Diol's brother, Abu Diol, said he lost the person he trusted to give him good advice and said their father has, quote, lost his mind, unquote, since the fire. Friend and community leader Osman Ba said 10 years was not justice for such a crime and wondered what would have happened if five members of a white family were killed in such a way. Quote, but black lives don't matter, unquote, he said. Siebert looked toward family members and friends as they addressed Eaglehoff but did not seem to display any emotion. When given a chance to make a statement, he did express remorse. Quote, I am here to apologize for what I have done to you and your family, unquote, said Siebert, who also spoke of how upset he had been when losing a single valued family member, his grandmother, shortly before the fire after not being able to see her because of pandemic restrictions. His defense attorney, Jonah Stewart, described Siebert as an, quote, extreme follower, unquote, who was bullied over a speech delay and fell in with Bowie and Seymour amid the isolation of the pandemic. 
Uwe, who was identified as a suspect with the others after police got a search warrant asking Google for which accounts had searched the home's address within 15 days of the fire, allegedly told investigators he had been robbed the month before the fire while trying to buy a gun and traced his iPhone to the home using an app. He admitted to setting the fire, only to find out the next day through news coverage that the victims were not the people who robbed him, according to police. Lawyers for Bowie and Seymour are challenging police's use of the Google keyword search results, calling it a, quote, digital dragnet, unquote, that swept up searches of billions of people around the world. Egelhoff denied an attempt last year to have the Google search evidence thrown out, but defense lawyers have now asked the Colorado Supreme Court to consider the issue. It is scheduled to hear arguments on it in May. In New Strategic Plan, Colorado wants residents to find the value in higher education by Jason Gonzalez, Chalkbeat, Colorado, February 3, 2023, Denver. Colorado's higher education system ideally not only would ensure students get jobs, but also would pave the way for them to earn back what they spent on their education and increase their lifetime earnings, according to a new strategic plan released Thursday. The plan prods Colorado to focus on the value higher education can bring to individuals and the state, rather than only on whether Coloradans are earning a degree. That might mean the state subsidizes a student's education to become a teacher or nurse, which have lower pay but high societal value, said Josh Scott, Colorado Commission on Higher Education Vice Chair. Or it would mean showcasing how a college program can benefit them. Quote, we need that education to be valuable, and in particular, we need it to be valuable in the way that matters for students, unquote, Scott said. The commission sets the direction of higher education in the state. The latest document updates the state's 2017 strategic plan, which sought to get 66% of residents a post-secondary education by 2025. The state updates its strategy about every five years and likely won't reach that 2017 goal. The pandemic stopped some students from going to college because they needed to work or because programs were shut down. Coloradans also began to reconsider the value of attending college, especially as wages in entry-level jobs grew, and many worried about taking on debt for higher education. A report released this week shows the state backslid from its goal by half a percentage point dropping to 60.5% of its population with a degree, certificate, or credential. Scott said the goal set Colorado on the right path to educating more students, but it didn't do enough to communicate why students should go to college rather than go straight to work. The previous plan also masked disparities in college going because Colorado has an influx of educated people from other states and remains one of the most highly educated in the country, he said. In Colorado, only 34% of Colorado high school graduates end up earning a college credential or above. The rest either never go to college or don't graduate when they get to college. Many of those students come from communities of color or low-income families. Meanwhile, over 90% of in-demand jobs require a college education. 
the strategic plan called, quote, Building Skills for an Evolving Economy, unquote, lists three ways to connect residents with a higher education. The plan calls for the state to improve the small number of programs that lead to a negative return on investment for students. The plan says the state must ensure that a college education at least must enable graduates to earn more than what they spend on getting a degree. That means colleges and universities should work with employers to offer courses leading to well-paying jobs. The state should also find ways to lower the cost of attendance. One such example of how to get there would include Governor Jared Polis' proposal to provide free training for in-demand jobs, such as teaching, healthcare, and advanced manufacturing. Some of those jobs require costly training and certification. Second, the state should ensure students from lower economic backgrounds and those from communities of color get the support they need to get into programs that reap high economic benefits. The plan says the state should present those students with information that helps make decisions and then support them to graduation. An example includes one at the University of Northern Colorado, which tutors, coaches, and supports students who are the first in their family to go to college. The program has helped the university record last year its highest ever student retention rates. Finally, colleges and universities should collaborate more closely with employers to increase professional opportunities and networks for students. The plan says the reason people go to college is to improve economic mobility and education should teach the skills students need to open up job opportunities after college. For example, Front Range Community College offers classes that partner with employers to offer apprenticeships and hands-on experience in areas such as healthcare, manufacturing, and tree care. Scott said he hopes the strategic plan ultimately will help Coloradans see why college is important to them and reframes the way state leaders think about college. Quote, we've treated a certificate or a degree as the finish line, unquote, Scott said. Quote, we need to recognize that for a learner, it's not the finish line. In fact, it's the starting line in many cases. This is a ticket that you've earned that lets you run the race not the t-shirt that you get at the end of the race, unquote. Jason Gonzalez is a reporter covering higher education and the Colorado legislature. Chalkbeat Colorado partners with Open Campus on higher education coverage. Contact Jason at jgonzalez at chalkbeat.org. Buckley touts $1.38 billion local economic impact in 2022, Angles for National Space Training Command, by Max Levy, Sentinel Staff Writer, January 30, 2023, Aurora. Buckley Space Force Base reports it injected nearly $135.8 million into the Aurora community last year claiming an economic footprint that has continued to grow since construction and staffing ramped up in 2019. Representatives from the Northeast Aurora Military Base said during a January 25th annual address that the base had created 5,496 jobs and had a total annual economic impact of 
$1.38 billion, up from a reported $1.37 billion in 2021. The base changed hands in 2020, being transferred from the U.S. Air Force to the newly created Space Force. Today, the base hosts Space Base Delta II, which supports the country's air operations, space-based missile warning efforts, space surveillance, and space communications work, along with other elements of the Space Force, Army, Navy, Air Force, and Air National Guard. More than 15,000 civilian and military personnel work at Buckley, which serves around 94,000 service members, retirees, civilians, contractors, and families, according to the base. In 2022, base personnel worked with a number of agencies around the country. Officials say they were able to prepare and tackle threats to the public. At the start of this summer, the base's emergency management team lent a hand to firefighters in the Alaskan interior, developing daily incident plans to help them battle the clear fire, which burned more than 72,000 acres. The Army Aviation Support Facility and 2nd 135th Aviation Battalion saved the lives of 16 people during a dozen search and rescue missions. The 8th Civil Support Team of the Colorado National Guard also deployed on 12 missions to support other government agencies, and the 138th Space Control Squadron deployed to the U.S. Africa Command Area of Responsibility. Space Delta IV's 2nd Space Warning Squadron also took over operations of a new infrared sensor-equipped missile warning satellite after it was launched earlier in the year. Around 700 airmen from the 140th Wing of the Colorado Air National Guard participated in a combat readiness exercise in September to, quote, prove the 140th Wing is ready for armed conflict with any adversary, unquote, the base said in its presentation. Also in 2022, the Navy Reserve Center participated in a mass mobilization exercise and collected over 500 pounds of food for the base's food pantry. The January 25th address also gave Space Force Guardians the chance to look forward to 2023. Buckley is reportedly one of five Space Force bases being considered to become the future home of the nation's Space Training and Readiness Command. For now, the command is housed at Peterson Space Force Base in Colorado Springs. They also highlighted an upcoming military technology conference, the Air and Space Forces Association Warfare Symposium, which will be hosted at the Gaylord Rockies Hotel in March. Nugget star Porter Jr.'s brother charged in fatal crash near DU by the Associated Press February 2, 2023, Denver. University of Denver basketball player Coben Porter, the brother of Denver Nuggets star Michael Porter Jr., was charged Wednesday with felony counts of vehicular homicide and vehicular assault stemming from a suspected drunken driving crash that killed a 42-year-old woman. Investigators say Porter, 21, smelled of alcohol and his speech was slurred when he was arrested following the early morning crash that killed Katharina Rothman on January 22nd. 
a 47-year-old passenger in Rothman's vehicle was seriously injured. According to a probable cause statement, Porter ran a red light going about 50 miles per hour and hit Rothman's vehicle at an intersection near the university. When interviewed by police, Porter, quote, displayed bloodshot and watery eyes, slurred and mumbling speech, and the strong order of an alcoholic beverage on his breath, unquote. The statement said he was also wearing a, quote, Bud Light, unquote, paper wristband. Family members told KMGH-TV that Rothman, the mother of a four-year-old boy, was driving for Uber at the time of the crash. The formal charges against Porter include vehicular homicide, DUI, vehicular homicide, reckless driving, vehicular assault, DUI, and vehicular assault, reckless driving. Court records do not indicate if he has hired an attorney who can speak on his behalf. The six-foot-four guard signed with the Denver Pioneers in 2021 after spending the previous season with Link Year Prep in Branson, Missouri. Aurora Dentist Held in Nevada Solar Plant Fire Unfit for Trial by Ken Ritter, Associated Press, February 2, 2023. Las Vegas. A Nevada judge has ruled an Aurora dentist unfit for trial following his arrest last month in what authorities characterized as a terror attack on a solar power facility serving Las Vegas Strip casinos. Mohamed Reza Mesmerian's attorney, Nick Bataro, said Wednesday that two psychiatrists found his client was unable to understand the criminal charges against him, including terrorism, arson, destruction of property, and escape. Clark County District Court Judge Christy Craig ordered Mesmerian, 34, to remain in custody at one of Nevada's forensic psychiatric facilities pending further evaluation, Pitaro said. Mesmerian is accused of ramming a car through a fence and setting the vehicle afire early January 4th at a sprawling solar array in the desert northeast of Las Vegas. He was arrested later in a recreational vehicle at the Lake Mead National Recreation Area. The alleged attack followed several incidents and arrests involving electrical substations in states including Washington, Oregon, and North Carolina and concerns expressed by federal officials about security of the nation's electricity transmission network. Police said Mesmerian denied attempting an act of sabotage told investigators he favors renewable, clean energy, said he thought the solar array was a Tesla facility connected to, quote, the network, unquote, and his actions, quote, represented moving forward in the world, unquote. The array, owned by Chicago-based Invenergy, serves several Las Vegas Strip properties operated by MGM Resorts International. A casino company official said properties switched to the statewide electric grid and hotel guests and gamblers saw no effect. Mesmerian lived in Aurora, where state records showed he faced dental board discipline and his dentist license was restricted last July. Court records show that he filed Chapter 7 bankruptcy in October. found guilty in 2021 shooting at Aurora Hotel that left one dead by Karina Julig, Sentinel, Colorado, staff writer, January 28, 2023. Aurora. 
a man was found guilty this week for a 2021 shooting at an Aurora hotel that killed one person and injured three others. According to a Friday news release from the 18th Judicial District Attorney's Office, a jury found Luis Martin Estrada, 22, guilty of one count of first-degree murder as well as attempted murder, felony menacing, first-degree assault, and possession of a weapon by a previous offender. Aurora police were called to the Hyatt Hotel at 12230 East Colfax Avenue, across the street from the Anschutz Medical Campus in the early hours of October 2, 2021. At the scene, officers found multiple gunshot wound victims on the first floor of the hotel, the release said. Four were taken to a local hospital where one died of his injuries. The victim was identified as Angel Ruiz, 18, by the Arapahoe County Coroner's Office. The surviving victims were identified by the Aurora Police Department as a 17-year-old girl, a 22-year-old man, and a 23-year-old man. An investigation determined that Estrada and co-defendant Ruben Mejia Soto arrived at a party taking place in one of the hotel rooms on the sixth floor, the release said. Shortly after, a disturbance took place and they were shoved out into the hallway. While the hotel room door was closed, Estrada fired multiple shots into the door, striking four people, the release said. Hotel surveillance footage did not capture the shooting, but captured Estrada leaving the hallway with a gun in his hand right after the shooting took place and he was identified by several witnesses, the release said. Quote, this defendant should have never been in possession of a firearm to begin with, unquote. District Attorney John Kellner said in a statement, quote, His selfish actions put every partygoer that night in harm's way, including the innocent hotel guests staying there, unquote. Estrada is scheduled to be sentenced on March 23rd. Mejia Soto pleaded guilty in May to harassment and accessory to a crime charges for trying to hide the gun in the hotel parking lot, the release said. Man arrested in connection with Thursday fatal hit and run in Aurora by Karina Julig, Sentinel Colorado staff writer, January 28, 2023, Aurora. Police arrested a man accused in a Thursday hit-and-run that killed a pedestrian, according to a news release from the Aurora Police Department. Daniel Sainz Moreno, 27, was arrested Friday and is facing a charge of leaving the scene of an accident involving death, the release said. The case will be sent to the 17th Judicial District. Shortly before 6 a.m. on Thursday, Aurora 911 began receiving calls about a crash at the intersection of Peoria Street and East 19th Avenue, the release said. Officers arrived at the scene to find a man with life-threatening injuries lying in the roadway. He was transported to an area hospital where he later died of his injuries, the release said. APD's traffic unit shut down Peoria Street for several hours to gather evidence. Quote, the initial investigation revealed a large SUV was traveling southbound on Peoria Street, unquote, the release said. Quote, a pedestrian was crossing from at the East 19th Avenue intersection, walking west to east. The driver of the SUV struck the pedestrian at the intersection of Peoria Street and East 19th Avenue, fatally injuring him. After striking the pedestrian, the driver drove away from the scene. 
failing to render aid, unquote. The vehicle connected to the crash was located nearby shortly after the release said. The victim's identity will be released by the Adams County Coroner's Office once his next of kin have been notified. The hit and run is Aurora's second traffic fatality of the year. The investigation into the crash is still ongoing. Police said anyone with information can call Metro Denver Crime Stoppers at 720-913-7867. Tipsters can remain anonymous and still be eligible for a reward of up to $2,000, police said. Teen girl killed, boy injured after being struck by car on Colfax near Moline by Max Levy, Sentinel staff writer, February 2, 2023. Aurora. A girl was killed and a boy seriously injured when they were hit by a car while crossing East Colfax Avenue at Moline Street late Wednesday, according to Aurora Police. Both were 15 years old. The two were in the crosswalk, moving from the north side of the street to the south side, when police say they were hit by a Jeep Wrangler traveling east. Police were dispatched to the crash at around 8.30 p.m. Both teens were taken to the hospital. Quote, the girl was suffering from life-threatening injuries and tragically died from her injuries last night. The boy had serious injuries and is expected to survive, unquote. Police wrote in a news release Thursday, quote, The pedestrians were in the crosswalk, crossing Colfax against traffic, while the Jeep had the right of way, unquote. The release said the driver was not believed to be intoxicated or speeding when the crash happened. The stretch of Colfax where the crash occurred and reportedly closed for several hours as police collected evidence and took photographs and measurements. Police said the identity of the girl would be released by the Arapahoe County Coroner's Office once her family is notified. They invited any witnesses to the crash who have not spoken to police to contact them at 720-913-7867. The girl's death is the third traffic-related fatality to impact Aurora this year, according to police. December 24th Death of Adams County Jail Inmate Under Investigation by Karina Julig, Sentinel, Colorado Staff Writer, January 28, 2023 Aurora The Adams County Coroner's Office and Adams County Sheriff's Office are investigating the December death of a male inmate in the Adams County Detention Center in Brighton. According to a Friday news release from the Sheriff's Office, the death took place December 24th. Quote, Deputies responded to an unknown medical emergency where an inmate appeared to be in distress, unquote, the release said. Quote, Emergency Medical Services, EMS, responded and the inmate was taken to a local hospital by ambulance where he was later pronounced deceased. The inmate had been in custody at the detention facility for nearly 12 months and did not have direct access to the public, unquote. The results of a toxicology report from the Adams County Coroner's Office to determine the cause of death is pending, the release said. The release did not include the inmate's identity or state why the investigation was disclosed over a month after his death. 
man shot in leg Wednesday night at Aurora apartment by the Sentinel, February 1st, 2023. Aurora. An unidentified man was shot in the leg Wednesday night while inside a central Aurora apartment, according to Aurora police. Police said the man was inside a residence at the Vista Park Apartments, 12707 East Mississippi Avenue, at about 6.50 p.m. when the shooting occurred. The extent of the man's injury and his condition were not reported. Quote, there is no suspect description at this time, unquote, police said in a tweet. Quote, officers are searching the complex for evidence, unquote. Two teenage pedestrians struck by car Wednesday night on Colfax in Aurora by the Sentinel, February 1, 2023. Aurora Two unidentified teenage pedestrians were hit by a car and injured, one critically, Wednesday night near East Colfax Avenue and Moline Street in Aurora, according to Aurora Police. Eastbound Colfax at Moline was closed at about 9 p.m. Both of the teenagers were rushed to a nearby hospital, police said, quote, one with life-threatening injuries, unquote. The driver remained on the scene, police said. This is a developing story and will be updated. Man arrested in connection with January 10th Aurora parking lot stabbing death. By the Sentinel, January 19, 2023. Aurora. Police have arrested a man they say stabbed to death a 24-year-old man January 10th in a central Aurora parking lot. Police are asking prosecutors for first-degree murder charges in the stabbing death of Zual James Noy Noy. Police were called January 10th at about 7.30 p.m. to an auto service store parking lot at 10955 East Mississippi Avenue to investigate a stabbing. Quote, once on scene, officers found a man suffering from apparent stab wounds, unquote, Agent Matthew Longshore said in a previous statement. Quote, he was pronounced deceased at the scene a short time later, unquote. This week, police accused Brandon Saguilan Patricio, 27, of killing Noy Noy. Quote, Saguilan Patricio was taken into custody without incident thanks to District 1 Patrol, the Direct Action Response Team, DART, APD's K-9 unit, and the APD SWAT team, unquote, Longshore said. Police said anyone with information who has not already talked to investigators can call Metro Denver Crime Stoppers at 720 9137867 Tipsters can remain anonymous and still be eligible for a reward of up to $2000 police said Thank you for joining us for the Arapahoe County News my name is Pablo If you enjoyed this program please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.